Welcome back to another episode of Room 2250, the University of Toronto Student Life Podcast. I'm your host, Anam Alvi, and this episode is the beginning of what hopefully will be a series highlighting entrepreneurs at U of T. This week, we have a very special guest. Every year, a company called Microsoft, you may have heard of it, hosts the Imagine Cup. For Microsoft's website, they describe Imagine Cup as a global competition that empowers the next generation of computer science students to team up and use their creativity, passion, and knowledge of technology to create applications that shape how we live, work, and play. Every year, tens of thousands of students from across the globe compete for cash, travel, and prizes, and for the honor of taking home the Imagine Cup. Sort of sounds like the ultimate hackathon with a huge trophy at the end. Samin Khan is a computer science student here at U of T, but he's also one of two founders of Team SmartArm, the global champions of Imagine Cup 2018. They are the recipients of $85,000 cash, a $50,000 Azure grant, and a mentorship session with Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft. Now that's a really big deal. SmartArm has been covered by huge names like TechCrunch, Business Insider, and now even the U of T Student Life Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. How are you doing, Samin? I'm doing well. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me about SmartArm. What is it? Sure. Um, so SmartArm, it's this 3D printed robotic prosthetic arm. Mm -hmm. It has a camera embedded in the palm. And essentially when it sees an object, uh, like let's say a water bottle, it'll process the object through the camera on this onboard computer and yeah. it'll rotate all of its motors accordingly so that it'll autonomously grasp the object. Okay, mm -hmm. so how does it um, connect to the arm? Yeah, so basically what happens is it fits right over the residual limb of the amputee. Okay. And there's a simple myoelectric sensor, a muscle sensor that's placed on the residual limb as well. And that basically detects when the um, user sends a muscle grip and it'll send that information to the onboard computer and let SmartArm know that it needs to start running. So the muscle grip is in the bicep? Yeah, so it's like right over the muscle. Yeah. Okay, so you don't do any sort of, it doesn't connect to your nervous system or anything like that? No, it does not. It doesn't connect to the nervous system. Okay. I mean, that's probably a good thing because like AI combined with being connected, like I mean like the AI could control how you move at that point, right? Uh, no, not exactly. It wouldn't, oh, no. it wouldn't feed back into your nervous system. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like a one-way uh, street. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why that's why you made it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want uh, the technology kind of hijacking our bodies. And... Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> on the topic, there's this TV show I watch called Limitless, mm -hmm. and uh, in one of the episodes, um, it's a crime-solving show, and mm. one of the episodes a guy murders someone and he has like a he has a prosthetic arm and it's connected to his nervous system and like somehow someone remotely like ja like hijacks his <laughs> arm <laughs> and kills someone and it seems like he did it right because because mm -hmm. i mean it's his arm like who else would have done it but they found out some super crazy hacker hacked into his arm so just a brief disclaimer smart arm does not hijack your body and uh, force you to commit any crimes. We don't condone any violence. Okay. Just, just for the record. <laughs> Good to have that disclaimer. Um, <clears throat> so uh, when I was reading about SmartArm, mm -hmm. I thought it was a great idea. Thank you. Um, it seems like a lot of people believe in it. A lot of potential. Mm. I mean, kind of unofficially endorsed by Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, I was like, 
I need to get in on this. <laughs> I need to think of something as cool as smart arm, maybe even in addition to smart arm mm. to sort of like, you know, cash in. Right? <laughs> Are you right? You guys seem okay, like you're doing you, like crazy things. Maybe you could work for us. We'll have to look over your resume. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's I got a crazy mm. idea for you guys to make smart arm even better. <laughs> and if you guys want to give me royalties, then you can give me royalties. <laughs> but, but, you know, All right, lay it on me. Okay, so, What's the idea? so here it is. So, you guys sell a prosthetic arm. What I'm offering is, in addition to the smart arm, mm-hmm. you can sell smart accessories. So, so, okay. so with the watch, oh, sorry, with the arm, you can sell it with like a watch, mm. right? With maybe a ring. Rings, okay. Right. Bracelets as well. Ma- bra- bracelets, but for the women, you put some <laughs> nail polish. You know what I mean? Okay. And then you can sort of sell like a whole line, like a whole range. Mm. Um, you can go from like, you know, regular like Casio watches to Gucci watches. <laughs> you know, like really like, really like get the market that way. Interesting. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, like it's smart watches, smart rings, smart nail mm-hmm. polish. You could, we could work with that. Yeah, yeah. But they don't, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be smart. They would just be regular. Oh. They would just be regular watches whoa, whoa, and accessories. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. <laughs> Where's the artificial intelligence? Well, I mean, it wouldn't have artificial intelligence. Oh, it's just okay. an accessory. It's a line of accessories. Mm, okay, we'll get back to you on this idea in three to five business days. Three to five business Okay. Sorry. I mean, it's okay. We can take it offline. There's no, if anyone wants to implement the idea, any of our listeners, go ahead. I think it'd be great. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me about um, your co-founder, Hamayo. Sure. Uh, so Hamayo and I, we were friends back in middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, we we hadn't seen each other in years. We went to different high schools, different universities. And so when I went to attend UFT Hacks just last year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we basically bumped into each other there. And... Hamal was actually there to see one of the Microsoft uh, sponsors whose work he was following. And he wasn't even participating in the hackathon. But while catching up with him, I was like, you know, I was, I know he had some skills within hardware, which I found pretty interesting. And I was like, listen, we gotta, you gotta come join this hackathon. I think we could come up with some really cool ideas. Mm -hmm. And so... So did you pitch him the idea? No, 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 no. We we had no idea at the time. I just knew like from talking to him, you you can kind of tell. I mean, I think from from working with people on projects, you can tell which which people you have good synergy with and which ones you don't. Okay. And I could tell that we both had expertise in in different areas, and also just from the dynamic, the conversations we were having, that there's some good ideas that could come out over the next two days that we were going to be at the hackathon. Mm-hmm. So I told him, join, come join UFT Hacks. Um, there was like a wait list, and he joined. He got in. And basically, yeah, over the um, next few days, we came up with the with the idea, and we've been working closely together ever since. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like it's really difficult to determine, like, especially like you, you guys are starting a new business. It's mm-hmm. like difficult to know who to like go into business with, right? And who to like work with. Yeah. How do you like determine? I guess because you're the software guy and he's the hardware guy, right? But other than that, there's a lot of like dynamics you have to deal with, mm-hmm. like. Stuff like that. How do you know that he's a good partner for you? Um, yeah, I think I think what we were able to tell from the jump, we had very similar philosophies and values that we shared mm-hmm. in terms of what our intentions were with designing technology and creating projects. So did you always want to do like something in the health space? Um, something that would impact the day-to-day lives of people, like very directly. Um, and and Hamal shared the same thing, like, 
we we were kind of getting tired of seeing innovations in technology like slimming down the next iPhone or creating the next you know new design of a cool car. What kind of ideas could we come up with that would actually help improve the lives of people? So just from those conversations, I knew that because of those shared values, we'd if we went into some sort of project together, we'd uh, be able to work together well. So how was the whole experience of doing Imagine Cup? Like, what was the process from beginning to end? Yeah. Oh, okay. So how it started is we submitted an application to the... So how Imagine Cup works, there's two rounds. The first round is... Sorry, wait. So you heard yeah. of Imagine Cup from the hackathon? Or how did you hear Yeah, it? yeah. So okay. it's from the um, Microsoft sponsors that were at the hackathon. Okay. They actually told Hamal and I about it. Mm-hmm. It was like shortly after we did you know, the, the judging day we were presenting, one of the, the, the sponsors was like, he looked at our project and he was like, hey, this is um, an interesting idea. Have you heard of this competition? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, the, the students that go for it, there's like a big cash prize of like $85,000. And USD, did he mention it was USD? Uh, yeah, USD. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what do you call it? Me, I remember me and Amal after that, we, you know, he told us about it. We just brushed it off. We were just like, we just we're just participating at this hackathon. I don't know about you know starting to compete for this this big uh, competition with global like, competition. Yeah. yeah, wasn't even like really on our mind at, mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but after that, after we won the Microsoft prize from there, we continued getting support from Microsoft with them. They reached out to us on DevPost, um, and they basically said, "Your project is really cool. You guys should definitely apply." That's awesome. And so from that, we decided to uh, apply, and there were two rounds that Imagine Cup has. The first one is a regional round um, held either nationally or just kind of geographically. Some countries group theirs together. And then if you place within the certain top few ranks of that, then you go on to world finals. And so, yeah, first uh, the first one we basically, we, yeah, we, we scoped out the business model, outlined the technology, how we're implementing Azure, and then... Um, also, of course, explain like the big social impact that this would be having, and that got us into the regional finals. And then we pitched there. We went to Vancouver, mm-hmm. and we um, presented in front of judge. There were five other teams, um, and uh, so only five other teams made it to Canadian nationals. Uh, six, sorry, six in total. Six, okay, including us. Okay. Um, and what's cool is like actually half of them. I think three of, yeah, three of the other teams were also all from U of T. Oh no way! Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they, I think they all came out of Diesel as well. The nice. uh, innovation that bred out of the department here. Um, yeah, really, really cool ideas. So, so you won nationals for here. Yeah, yeah. So, so only one team from Canada went. So you were no, no, no. Canada. So the top three teams went. Oh, the top three the teams. Top three oh, okay, sorry. Okay, maybe I missed. Okay, so how was it? How was it when you got there? What was it like? What when Vancouver or Seattle? Uh, the Imagine Cup, the finals. The World Finals? Yeah. Yeah, the World, fi- World Finals were really cool. We were, it started off with a team of, with 50 teams all across the world. Mm-hmm. And so right off the bat, just with the hotel that we were staying in, walking in, um, seeing, you know, teams in the lobby and then in, on each, oh, sorry, it, was, it wasn't at a hotel. <laughs> no, it, we were staying at UW, um, University of Washington. They had like a residence for us. Okay. And so in like the common rooms and like the lobbies, you had, you know, we walked in, we, we saw all of these teams with all of their ideas. Some of them were hardware. We were seeing them work on it. Um, definitely, it was, it was definitely a little bit intimidating when we, when we went in because you see 
talent from all over the world, um, all these new ideas. Um, but while it was intimidating, it was also very exciting to just be surrounded by so many young people that were doing such interesting things. And yeah, so the experience, basically it was a week long and each day we did uh, pitches to different panels of judges. Yeah. And they were narrowing it down from 50 to 15. Um, and then I forget to like six or something like that. And then three on oh, like the damn. last day. It was like a big announcement every time it happened. Um, <laughs> it was funny though for the I think when we were selected for the world for sorry the top three, uh, I wasn't even in the room. I was I was eating lunch with some of these Australian guys. Hamal <laughs> was in the room. Um, I was just finishing lunch, and then I was like, "Huh, I wonder where Hamal is. I wonder where everybody is." <laughs> and then I stepped out, and Am then I in the competition. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stepped out, and then the Microsoft, the Imagine Cup coordinators came out. They were like, "Yo, where the hell were you? Like, <laughs> we just had an announcement. We had a camera crew out. Oh. We, <laughs> like, we're gonna take pictures of you, but <laughs> <laughs> so you missed it." My ass is just eating, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You were there for the press of the actual, like, global championship. No, I was really hungry. I left to have dinner early. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Satya wanted to meet, but I was like, yo, I gotta go grab some pizza Yeah, I'm or actually feeding, like... Exactly. <laughs> I <need> to eat. <laughs> so how was, like... How was the moment? So you were on stage. There were three other teams, or two other teams. Two other sorry, teams, so three yeah. of you total. Yeah. And yeah, so the, when they announced Smart Arm, like, what happened? How did you feel? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if you saw the video, but we our live demo actually failed. On oh, the, did it? Yeah. For that, oh man, it was so frustrating. <laughs> that that round when it was came to that top three, the last day, like the point where there was like live camera crew, like people from all over the world were watching. Okay. It failed, and like <laughs> each day before that, the whole week, like we'd done the pitch, like. So many times, and every time it worked for all okay. the judges. All all the times it worked, but then on that that day, it uh, I think it was just it was the uh, HDMI port. For some reason, it defaulted into a different port. I think when we put the laptop to sleep, that's what we kind of figured out afterwards. And yeah, it just didn't work. And we luckily though we were pretty smooth about it. We moved on. <laughs> we knew that we had other things to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know we. We didn't want to fix it on just the demo because you know we had other things to talk about. So yeah. Um, so but you, even still. Yeah. Well, once we finished, I think we presented first or second, and I remember just afterwards, you know, uh, my stomach dropped. I was just <laughs> like, oh, this is it. Like we 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 messed up our shot at first place. Um, hopefully, we get second. We'll get some <laughs> prize money. Is there um, a cost? Yeah, there's a second place price? Yeah, yeah, there's a second place price. Okay. Not as much as 100000 though. No, I think it was like <laughs> 15000 Oh, damn, okay. Something like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were all called back on stage, and mm-hmm. then they announced third place. I think it was Team Japan. And I was like, oh, my God, we got second. <laughs> this is amazing. We got second. This is huge. I'm so happy. Yeah. And then uh, they were like, first place smart arm. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was very surreal, like confetti all over, you know, yeah. flew up in the air. Looked like you were on a game show. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. And um, what do you call it? It was very surreal. We were rushed off stage. Um, we were told like Satya Nadal was just about to come out and say hi to us. Um, my mom called me immediately afterwards. <laughs> and so, so this was being broadcasted live? Well, not after we were rushed off stage. So just the... Okay. Yeah, just when we won and the whole confetti thing that was that was all on stage. Uh, so all on, your like live. friends and family were like watching you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, that's fun. And that was funny to see afterwards too. 
but right yeah right after we rushed off stage um so this is off camera my mom called me and she was just crying on the phone <laughs> i couldn't understand the words she was saying <laughs> Um, then I was like, yeah, okay, mom, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, the CEO of Microsoft <laughs> in front of me right now. Yeah, and then that was nice. We shook hands, we took pictures with him, and then what was that like? What was that like? Like seeing him, talking to him? Um, he was just a regular guy. I don't know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> and, and, like, and like when you see him on the news and everything, it's like you know he's huge CEO of Microsoft. Yeah. But when you just meet him, shaking hands with him, you know, like it was just like talking to a regular person. It was, yeah. it's kind of cool, but nice. Um, so then, yeah, we we met him, and then it was just a bunch of press coverage from like Seattle lo- local news stations, and then uh, other channels like TechCrunch, and um, you know we were getting interviews from them. Um, it was definitely funny seeing all the Instagram stories from friends and family afterwards of everyone freaking out. They were like, like on like recording. They were recording their reactions to it. <laughs> <laughs> My cousins especially were really funny. Oh, that's nice. They're all screaming. Uh, it was really funny to see. <laughs> Um, and then of course like my phone blew up like hundreds of notifications <laughs> okay weird flex but okay <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> but it was overwhelming like, I couldn't I literally couldn't look at my phone yeah of like, course I literally yeah. couldn't. damn um, and then that night um, <laughs> I threw a huge ass party <laughs> yeah use that prize money <laughs> <laughs> people were drinking out of the cup we, oh no way the uh, big yeah. trophy that's <laughs> yeah, so cool we threw it in our room yeah. do you um, still have it where's the trophy now uh, I think Miles using, has it right now <laughs> he's using it he's yeah. a party <laughs> exactly whenever, we, whenever we're throwing a party <laughs> yeah. like, yo man we call each other like, right, we gotta borrow the cup for a night don't worry man I'll clean it up afterwards we'll rinse it yeah, out yeah, yeah. Uh, be ready for the next party <laughs> um. <laughs> and yeah so it was pretty surreal so how has life been after Imagine Cup what are you up to now? Back to school? Um, I guess it's well, it's been it's been interesting. Like just last week, UFD hacks uh, happened again, and uh, I was a judge and mentor this year, so it's really different. No way, being that's on the a, other side of it. That's yeah. crazy, yeah. And uh, I guess the way it's been, I've been enjoying. Um, like mentoring was really nice. I think part of what I've enjoyed now, coming out of that experience and still being in school, was was just being able to talk to my peers and other students and explaining the whole process to them like now i've been through it um i i kind of see what it's like taking you know some sort of hackathon project you have forming like a big vision for it and then knowing how to how to present well on it and also build some of the technology using some of the api that companies have out so are you like yeah. are you grooming teams to like go for Magic yeah. this year yeah so a uh, little plug for my for the team that i was mentoring at <laughs> hacks they're okay. called patronus they're helping leverage some IoT technology to identify when dementia patients are um, unsafe or distressed because um, a lot of time it's difficult for families to know if, if, they're, um, if, if people in their family with dementia are, are safe. Mm-hmm. And so this provides a way for them, for them to know using like location data and as well as like some audio data, um, they're able to keep track of that. And so they have a lot of potential. I see in them. They're applying for Imagine Cup as well. That's awesome. Um, I'll uh, I'll bill you for the ad later. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're also just applying for the hatchery today, uh, which is really cool. Because yeah, there's also so many resources at U of T. You don't realize like, Mm -hmm. and that's 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 a big thing too that I've been pretty focused on explaining to people that you shouldn't just let your hackathon ideas fizzle out after after it's done. Mm 
if you really enjoyed it, you like the team you're working with, you're passionate about the problem, um, there's so many resources at, at U of T. So like I was mentioning with uh, Diesel, the innovation lab that U of T has, right. they, they have a course that literally has you building up a startup from, from, from the ground up that, that you can uh, enroll in. Um, they have the capstone design course that actually helps you build out the technology from all throughout the course. Um, and of course, you have organizations like the Hatchery, the Creative Destruction Lab, which are these little incubator programs that um, kind of help you do the same thing. And so well, for anybody listening that is interested in, in doing that, you know, um, well, one, you can reach out to me, ask me for help. But there's also so much um, support around the institution that will help you take your ideas far. So are you doing work now? Like are, are, is the Hatchery or Diesel or anything like been mm-hmm. working with Smart Arm or what, what are you doing? Uh, well, through uh, Diesel, the... Uh, Mario Grek, one of the co-founders of it, he's been he after after I, after the whole Imagine Cup thing, he called me up, somehow got my number, <laughs> and he's like, "Listen, you gotta take this course that I'm offering." <laughs> okay. um, it's all about business. You'll love it. Yeah. And so I took the course with him, and all throughout, you know, Mario's great. I was able to ask him a lot of advice on on the whole business side of things, because obviously when you come into these things as like. Uh, with hackathon projects you're kind of tunnel vision on the technology Mm -hmm. and you don't realize how you can sustain this commercially Mm. and so talking to people like mario um at uft was really helpful yeah and yeah those kind of resources have been have been really helpful in in incorporating figuring out how to get grant money for getting patents and then finding industry partners that you can run paid pilot projects with so you can start getting your uh, generating revenue so you're so you're actually like commercializing or what's the word you're like turning Mm. it into like an actual company now uh we're getting into those stages so first what we're doing we're wanting to make sure that the uh, before we start selling it to people or or, um, selling it to users we want to make sure that it's properly vetted especially by doctors who would be the ones um prescribing this to people right so we're working with um a hospital in toronto right now that has this amputees and artificial limbs department Mm-hmm. And they were interested in having us work with some of the occupational therapists that do some of the custom designing of the sockets along with the prosthetics. And we're working on seeing how Smarter might fit in with that. That's really cool. Are you working on anything else like right now apart from Smarter? Yeah. So there's a project I was working on simultaneously last summer during the whole Magic Cup thing. Really? Yeah. And uh, I was doing research with a professor here. Her name is Ishtiak uh, Ahmed. And we were looking at data sources to help us identify um, mental, symptoms of mental health mm-hmm. issues within, uh, within people. We were initially looking at student populations. And so a large part of that, I was just looking at the literature of what's out there in terms of what kind of data sets to use. Mm-hmm. And largely what's been shown is social media has been providing so much data on, on, on some of these things that we haven't been able to do before. And... Yeah, so what I've been working on simultaneously is uh, this other um, startup I'm founding with two, uh, two other students at U of T, Quinn Underwood and Avery Wang. And we're essentially using that technology of identifying mental health through natural language processing of these data sets. And we're seeing how that could fit in within initially the organizational space. So companies right now within HR, they're spending a lot of money trying to identify and intervene in the well-being of their workers but mm-hmm. they don't have a really they don't really have a principled way of approaching it 
So let's say let's say you were working in HR. Yeah. Tell me how you would go and go about. Let's say the company was like, here, here's a bunch of money. I need you to figure out how to spend this, and um, basically improve the well-being of workers. So many people are quitting their job after like a year. Um, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. right? I mean, like the money, the money's available, but when it comes down to it, these, it, yeah, it's hard to identify like when uh, when you need the help. Like now, mm-hmm. I know like companies like what they do is they provide uh, resources for like. Or they give you like a certain amount of money for like therapy and like um, going to these sessions. Um, that's sort of like a band aid solution, though. It's not right. really it's not really fixing the problem. Right. Exactly. And so the big thing is how you can basically intervene early on before the issues get bad. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can do that is by leveraging NLP and some of these technologies to find out early on before even some of the users are aware that they are experiencing mental health issues. And using those metrics to let the company know on an aggregate scale what the well-being is like. Mm. And yeah, that, that'll be initially what we're planning on doing. And then, of course, if once you're able to identify these algorithms, there's the applications um, spread across educational spaces, such as um, like here at U of T. Like part of what I was doing last summer, I was also talking really closely with the student life staff at University College because obviously they're they have roles within student life to deal with things like mental health because you know obviously people coming in first year living on residence um it's a big change suddenly there's a lot of stress from from schoolwork and mental health issues arise and there's uh, an application there as well of helping people within those spaces uh, better know how to deal with the 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 problems that that some students face by providing some of these metrics yeah yeah so is so you also want to like reach out to like universities? Yeah, definitely. We've already them. we've already been talking to them. That was that was where we were, we were initially planning on going about it, but we've um, decided that we'd want to enter the organizational space first because there is a professor that expressed a lot of interest in helping us out with that. Nice, that's really cool. I didn't even know you were doing that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you're doing a couple things now. You're doing Smart Armor. You're also doing this this other startup on the side. You're doing right. kind of like a serial entrepreneur right now. Uh, so well, I'm, I haven't got gotten to the stage of generating revenue for okay. the startups yet, but I mean, all of this has been within the last year. Yeah. So it's largely it's in the fast. ideation phase, but mm-hmm. with the support that I've been getting from certain professors and um, other mentors, mm. um, yeah, we're we'll looking forward to commercialize. Hopefully, hopefully, looking into the summer. So did you? So so when you came to university, did you did you like see yourself doing this, like going into entrepreneurship? Mm. No, not at all. I, I came in starting uh, studying in life sciences. Really? I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> fulfill, my, <laughs> fulfill my South Asian parents' dream. <laughs> that's like almost... <laughs> that's like every kid who like transfers into every other exactly. program. I started here as life science. I used to want to be a doctor. <laughs> I used to want to be a doctor when I was in grade 10 too. <laughs> exactly. And then I found out you had to go to school for like 10 years. And I, like, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but that's what I started in. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, though, I took Psych 100, the intro psych course, and I fell in love with it. So going into second year, I did a full switch. I was doing a specialist in psychology. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm interested in this mental health space. I was looking into being a clinical psychologist and like doing okay. some research on the side. And I started doing research in second year, but I realized that I actually hated it. Mm. because I found it really slow. I found that for me personally, I wanted to have a tangible impact right away. And so I was starting to develop some coding skills on the side during second year. And I realized that I could develop some applications that could 
and tackle some of these problems within psychology and mental health, um, but through a different perspective, which is why I started taking computer science courses and I switched to computer science program. So and you switched it in your third year? Yeah. Okay. Going like from second to third. So right now you're in fourth year. Mm-hmm. You transferred into computer science in third year. Mm-hmm. And so that means you did Imagine Cup with less than a year of yeah. programming experience. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I feel like a lot of people think that, you know, you need to develop projects like these. You need like years of experience in yeah. industry. Ooh, coding AI. And all these languages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... A lot of what it was, uh, honestly, a lot of what it was is just asking for help and like knowing who to go to when you need something. Like for the hackathon, that was my first hackathon. I wow. never used API before. I didn't even know what API was. <laughs> but I started, I realized like I wanted to take advantage of the environment that I'm in. And the best way to do that was talking to the people that are at these events, talking to the sponsors that, that do these hackathons. And so we started talking to them and Ask, letting them know about our ideas. And honestly, during the hackathon, I didn't see many people going up to the Microsoft sponsors. They were just sitting there ready to mentor, but people weren't taking advantage of it. They were very tunnel vision on just building up the technology, getting right to the coding. But what we saw was an opportunity to learn mm-hmm. from people that you know um, were more experienced. And then going into Imagine Cup, same situation. You know, We had some, some, of, um, some people that we knew that, that helped us out. Um, some up here students and uh, helped us identify what we needed to do and so I, I think it's all guidance you know you shouldn't really be doing all of this um, on your own that's really that's honestly kind of inspirational mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's really cool that you like sort of like built this with very very little experience and you just like took advantage of a really intense environment like a hackathon can be like a lot of pressure you're really <laughs> sleep deprived um, it was the complete opposite for us well <laughs> it was funny so Hamile he actually didn't realize he, well he wasn't planning on staying at the hackathon okay. but he had like work early morning the next day oh, and really? he lives out in Pickering and so the first night he was just like peace I gotta go Yeah. and so <laughs> that night I was like um, sort of thinking what ideas and looking at API yeah. but I was also just like hey this is my first hackathon Let's see what's going on. And so I, I just went room to room. I talked to a lot of people. I was asking them what their ideas were like. I was talking to the sponsors. They're, the hackathon organizers were also like throwing events. Mm-hmm. Like there was like this cup stacking competition I took part in. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, MLH does that. Uh, M- yeah, I think, yeah, sorry, it was MLH. Um, they also set up one of the rooms in Bayon to be like this Nerf. Uh, uh, like they had a bunch of these Nerf guns and mm-hmm. then they stacked a bunch of chairs up on tables and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. I spent hours just like <laughs> playing Nerf okay. with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until the second day where the pressure was on because we were just like, oh no, we only have one to do this. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, and Himayal came back from Pickering. Yeah, he came back from Pickering mm-hmm. and then we started talking about it. And then... Uh, that, so that and that night, it became a little bit more stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we still took our occasional breaks, played a lot of Smash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we stayed up all night, and we, we, we were working on it. And I guess the pressure did come in when, I think it was around like 3 or 4 a.m. We were at a point where we were almost giving up mm-hmm. because we were just like trying to figure out the API um, we've been asking for help from the Microsoft sponsors a bunch and so we were just like shit we just need to figure this out on our own mm-hmm. we can't just keep asking them for help and we were having so much trouble like integrating the computer vision with the mechanics but there was one point 
like right at like 4 a.m. where I had pieced together the, the computer vision stuff, made the right server calls. Hamile had pieced together some of the, he was using these servo motors on an Arduino at the time, I believe, and he figured out how to like make them rotate. And we pieced the code together. Um, uh, I think it was like C++ and like Python and like we figured a way, a way to get the scripts running together mm-hmm. and I like presented like this object in front of the camera made the API calls and then it sent it to the Arduino and then the motor twitched and we were just like oh my god <laughs> we can do this yeah and that was the moment honestly, I honestly think if that moment didn't happen we would have given up Smarter would have never happened Magic yeah. Cup never would have happened mm-hmm. um, but it was like that persistence and that excitement that we felt in that moment that kept us going. So at UFT Hacks, was it yeah. an arm? Like, did you have an arm? Yeah, we did. So oh, we, you, we you had 3D printed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and we, yeah, we used some resources in, at, uh, before Hamal came down um, at UOIT, University of Ontario Institute of Technology. He'd, um, he had some previous experience in building um, like 3D printing um, things I think for a school project he he done some things in like printing like fingers and like things like that and so he printed out an arm um, when we were coming up with the idea and so we had an actual physical physical thing for the project mm. although it was funny when we were trying to piece that together we so obviously that that, that night a lot of pressure we it, we judging was occurring like at 10 a.m. I believe and we were trying to piece together, like starting to attach the motors onto the actual arm. But we realized that we really needed like hot glue to do that. And so I remember it was like, I don't even know, like 8 a.m. or something like that. And we were just like running all around Bayon asking everybody if, if they had hot glue. We, <laughs> we, we snuck into the engineering room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can include that. Yeah, I don't know if we can include that. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like opening other cabinets. Um, just being like, yeah, we're just engineering students. You know, we're just uh, here <laughs> looking for some equipment. Um, they didn't even have hot glue either. So we realized that home hardware was opening at like 9 or 9.30 or something like that. Yeah. The it was down the street. Like, yeah, right here. On College Street. Yeah, just down the street. And um it was just kind of tricky because, I mean, it was opening an hour before judging was starting. Like, an hour before we had to be at our station presenting. Okay. And so I remember, right, like, 9 a.m. around that time, like, I ran over to Home Hardware. Um, they hadn't opened yet, but I saw people working inside. I was banging on the door. <laughs> I was yeah. like, listen, I got a hackathon. I got to open up. I need some hot glue right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're like, what's a hackathon? <laughs> <laughs> and they were nice enough. And so they, they let me in, and I got some hot glue ran back we attached everything together we hadn't even had a chance to demo it ourselves but we were we were up stationed at the booth yeah you know working on the demos um <laughs> right before judges were coming um i think the first presentation was a kind of a disaster because it wasn't like you know it was like twitching it wasn't really making the api calls but then in between those it, it got better because as like one of the judges left we like made improvements we quickly <laughs> made some fixes in, in the code and um the rest of the presentations were really good. We got our flow down. Um, we, I think, largely what was what was powerful about our presentation was we had the vision really clearly laid out. Um, it wasn't just a, like obviously it's a hackathon. They're like you know it's not going to be perfect, but we made it clear that like we made a strong effort in building out the technology. And what's more important is like we have some more time. If you give us a chance, 
we'd be able to build this out more and it could really impact the healthcare space. And we won the Microsoft Sponsor API at U of TX. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, also congratulations on Imagine Cup. Thank you. So what's next for you? So you're in mm -hmm. your last year, you're in fourth year, you're yeah. about to graduate. Yeah. What's next? What are you doing? So I've, for the summer, I got into this program called the Next 36. Okay. Where it was basically founded by this um, millionaire who started developing um he basically uh, co-founded and sold a couple of startups in toronto and he was just realizing that there's such a big you know strong like tech and innovation scene in toronto but we could be doing a lot more to commercialize like they're doing in like the Sil in silicon valley and we could be really competing with them and so he started this program to get the strongest entrepreneurs across canada and have them all live on the same residence so we'll be living up at the the grad house right on harvard Oh, okay. Robarts oh, yeah. over the summer, and so you're gonna be living in that house. Yeah, I'll be living. With the other thirty. All the other entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs yeah. Really? Is Amayal also doing it with you? No. Okay. And we're gonna be building up a startup, and and um, you know the the founders are gonna be providing us with lectures like every day, and we'll just be learning more about the business aspects and how we can start commercializing. And I'll be doing that, and then I'll be going full time on the startup work with both SmartArm and the mental health project um, after after school ends. And I'll be looking to do a master's, likely down the road, okay, within the social data sciences area. And yeah, but it all depends on if it kind of falls in line with the problems that I want to tackle. Because mm -hmm. right now it seems like taking the startup route is the best way. If it seems to be that doing a master's would put me in a good position to tackle the problem, then I'll do a master's. Yeah. True. So this next 36 house, mm -hmm. I got to ask you about this. So right. there's 36 people living in this house. I'm yeah. assuming it's a big house. No, no, no. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. like one house with like... <laughs> <laughs> we're all like going to the same kitchen and like... And <laughs> no, no, no. It's not, it's not, it's not you like You don't share one washroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's like a, it's a residence. It's the grad house. Okay. So I, I believe, I haven't even actually been inside yet, but we'll, I think we're, uh, it's like kind of, we're put into like apartment style rooms of like three to four people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I okay. think, I believe that's how it works. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was imagining like Silicon Valley, like startup houses where you're all like living in the same literal house and like you eat together and, uh, I mean, in general, that's like 36 people. Yeah, so <laughs> so what I'm saying is that There's some it's, committed workers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like if you're living in the house and like you're in that environment, it's like sort of like startup all the time. Like you're always right. thinking about it, you're always right. working on it. Right. Um, I don't know. That sounds kind of it sounds kind of intense. Like yeah. It, it, like it's not even a job at that point. It's like it's your entire 100%. life. Hundred percent. And I, and I think and I think that's the case with with like being an entrepreneur. I feel like it's much more of a lifestyle than. It's much more of a lifestyle than a career mm -hmm. because you have to be okay with this blend between your personal and professional life. Mm -hmm. You have to live and breathe your work. And so, which is why the projects that I'm working on, they're things that I'm passionate about. If they weren't, then I wouldn't be pursuing this, this path. That's true. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, well, I wish you good luck with uh, Smart Arm, with Next36. Uh, it was really great having you on. Thank you so much for making the time. No problem. It was great to have you. Thank you. I'll look into your smart accessories idea a little <laughs> bit further.
I'll get back I'll, to you on that. I'll, uh, I'll drop a proposal for you. Yeah, if you can throw some artificial intelligence onto the <laughs> nail polish watches. And Maybe I'll do things. a mood ring. Okay, like okay. Like an AI that mood ring. Work. That could be cool, huh? Okay, interesting. Use the use the camera somehow. I guess just detect expressions on your face. See how you're feeling. I don't know. It's still, it's still in progress. <laughs> 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 Let's take it offline. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me on, I know. Um, this is room 2250. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do my outro for me? You should have people do your outro for you. I don't have an outro. And this is room 2250.